Section 7 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Second Day. 2. Hospital and Grotto. Built, so far as it extends, by a charitable canon, and left unfinished through lack of money, the hospital of Our Lady of Dolour is a vast pile, four stories high, and consequently far too lofty, since it is difficult to carry the sufferers to the topmost wards. As a rule, the building is occupied by a hundred infirm and aged paupers. But at the season of the national pilgrimage, these old folks are for three days sheltered elsewhere, and the hospital is let to the fathers of the assumption who at times lodge in it as many as five and six hundred patients still however closely packed they may be the accommodation never suffices so that the three or four hundred remaining sufferers have to be distributed between the hospital of salvation and the town hospital the men being sent to the former and the women to the latter institution that morning at sunrise great confusion prevailed in the sand-covered courtyard of our lady of dolour at the door of which a couple of priests were mounting guard the temporary staff with its formidable supply of registers cards and printed formulas had installed itself in one of the ground-floor rooms on the previous day the managers were desirous of greatly improving upon the organization of the preceding year the lower wards were this time to be reserved to the most helpless sufferers and in order to prevent a repetition of the cases of mistaken identity which had occurred in the past very great care was to be taken in filling in and distributing the admission cards each of which bore the name of a ward and the number of a bed it became difficult however to act in accordance with these good intentions in presence of the torrent of ailing beings which the white train had brought to lourdes and the new formalities so complicated matters that the patients had to be deposited in the courtyard as they arrived to wait there until it became possible to admit them in something like an orderly manner it was the unpacking of the station over again the same woeful camping in the open whilst the bearers and the young seminarists who acted as the secretary's assistants ran hither and thither in bewilderment we have been over ambitious we wanted to do things too well exclaimed baron suir in despair there was much truth in his remark for never had a greater number of useless precautions been taken and they now discovered that by some inexplicable error they had allotted not the lower but the higher placed wards to the patients whom it was most difficult to move it was impossible to begin the classification afresh however and so as in former years things must be allowed to take their course in a haphazard way the distribution of the cards began a young priest at the same time entering each patient's name and address in a register moreover all the hospitalization cards bearing the patients names and numbers had to be produced so that the names of the wards and the numbers of the beds might be added to them and all these formalities greatly protracted the defile then there was the endless coming and going from the top to the bottom of the building and from one to the other end of each of its four floors Monsieur sabatier was one of the first to secure admittance being placed in a ground-floor room which was known as the family ward sick men were there allowed to have their wives with them but to the other wards of the hospital only women were admitted brother isidore it is true was accompanied by his sister however by a special favour it was agreed that they should be considered as conjoints and the missionary was accordingly placed in the bed next to that allotted to monsieur sabatier the chapel still littered with plaster and with its unfinished windows boarded up was close at hand there were also various wards in an unfinished state still these were filled with mattresses on which sufferers were rapidly placed 
all those who could walk however were already besieging the refectory a long gallery whose broad windows looked into an inner courtyard and the saint Frey sisters who managed the hospital at other times and had remained to attend to the cooking began to distribute bowls of coffee and chocolate among the poor women whom the terrible journey had exhausted rest yourselves and try to gain a little strength repeated baron souillre who was ever on the move showing himself here there and everywhere in rapid succession you have three good hours before you it is not yet five and their reverences have given orders that you are not to be taken to the grotto until eight o'clock so as to avoid any excessive fatigue meanwhile up above on the second floor madame de jonquiere had been one of the first to take possession of the saint honorine ward of which she was the superintendent she had been obliged to leave her daughter raymonde downstairs for the regulations did not allow young girls to enter the wards where they might have witnessed sights that were scarcely proper or else far too horrible for such eyes as theirs raymonde had therefore remained in the refectory as a helper but little madame des agneaux in her capacity as a lady hospitaller had not left the superintendent and was already asking her for orders in her delight that she should at last be able to render some assistance are all these beds properly made madame she inquired perhaps i had better make them afresh with sister hyacinthe the ward whose walls were painted a light yellow and whose few windows admitted but little light from an inner yard contained fifteen beds standing in two rows against the walls we will see by and by replied madame de jonquiere with an absorbed air she was busy counting the beds and examining the long narrow apartment and this accomplished she added in an undertone i shall never have room enough they say that i must accommodate twenty-three patients we shall have to put some mattresses down sister hyacinthe who had followed the ladies after leaving sister saint francois and sister claire des anges in a small adjoining apartment which was being transformed into a linen room then began to lift up the coverlets and examine the bedding and she promptly reassured madame des agneaux with regard to her surmises oh the beds are properly made she said everything is very clean too one can see that the saint Frey sisters have attended to things themselves the reserve mattresses are in the next room however and if madame will lend me a hand we can place some of them between the beds at once oh certainly exclaimed young madame des agneaux quite excited by the idea of carrying mattresses with her weak slender arms it became necessary for madame de jonquiere to calm her by and by said the lady superintendent there is no hurry let us wait till our patients arrive i don't much like this ward it is so difficult to air last year i had the saint rosalie ward on the first floor however we will organize matters all the same some other lady hospitalers were now arriving quite a hive full of busy bees all eager to start on their work the confusion which so often arose was in fact increased by the excessive number of nurses women of the aristocracy and upper middle class with whose fervent zeal some little vanity was blended there were more than two hundred of them and as each had to make a donation on joining the hospitality of our lady of salvation the managers did not dare to refuse any applicants for fear lest they might check the flow of almsgiving thus the number of the lady hospitalers increased year by year fortunately there were some among them who cared for nothing beyond the privilege of wearing the red cloth cross and who started off on excursions as soon as they reached lourdes still it must be acknowledged that those who devoted themselves were really deserving for they underwent five days of awful fatigue sleeping scarcely a couple of hours each night and living in the midst of the most terrible and repugnant spectacles they witnessed the death agonies dressed the pestilential sores cleaned up changed linen turned the sufferers over in their beds went through a sickening and overwhelming labour to which they were in no wise accustomed 
and thus they emerged from it aching all over tired to death with feverish eyes flaming with the joy of the charity which so excited them and madame volmar suddenly asked madame des agneaux i thought we should find her here this was apparently a subject which madame de jonquiere did not care to have discussed for as though she were aware of the truth and wished to bury it in silence with the indulgence of a woman who compassionates human wretchedness she promptly retorted madame volmar isn't strong she must have gone to the hotel to rest we must let her sleep then she apportioned the beds among the ladies present allotting two to each of them and this done they all finished taking possession of the place hastening up and down and backwards and forwards in order to ascertain where the offices the linen room and the kitchens were situated and the dispensary then asked one of the ladies but there was no dispensary there was no medical staff even what would have been the use of any since the patients were those whom science had given up despairing creatures who had come to beg of god the cure which powerless men were unable to promise them logically enough all treatment was suspended during the pilgrimage if a patient seemed likely to die extreme unction was administered the only medical man about the place was the young doctor who had come by the white train with his little medicine chest and his intervention was limited to an endeavour to assuage the sufferings of those patients who chanced to ask for him during an attack as it happened sister hyacinthe was just bringing ferrand whom sister saint francois had kept with her in a closet near the linen room which he proposed to make his quarters madame said he to madame de jonquiere i am entirely at your disposal in case of need you will only have to ring for me she barely listened to him however engaged as she was in a quarrel with a young priest belonging to the management with reference to a deficiency of certain utensils certainly monsieur if we should need a soothing draught she answered and then reverting to her discussion she went on well monsieur l'abbé you must certainly get me four or five more how can we possibly manage with so few things are bad enough as it is ferrand looked and listened quite bewildered by the extraordinary behaviour of the people amongst whom he had been thrown by chance since the previous day he who did not believe who was only present out of friendship and charity was amazed at this extraordinary scramble of wretchedness and suffering rushing towards the hope of happiness and as a medical man of the new school he was altogether upset by the careless neglect of precautions the contempt which was shown for the most simple teachings of science in the certainty which was apparently felt that if heaven should so will it cure would supervene sudden and resounding like a lie given to the very laws of nature but if this were the case what was the use of that last concession to human prejudices why engage a doctor for the journey if none were wanted at this thought the young man returned to his little room experiencing a vague feeling of shame as he realized that his presence was useless and even a trifle ridiculous get some opium pills ready all the same said sister hyacinthe as she went back with him as far as the linen room you will be asked for some for i feel anxious about some of the patients while speaking she looked at him with her large blue eyes so gentle and so kind and ever lighted by a divine smile the constant exercise which she gave herself brought the rosy flush of her quick blood to her skin all dazzling with youthfulness and like a good friend who was willing that he should share the work to which she gave her heart she added besides if i should need somebody to get a patient in or out of bed you will help me won't you thereupon at the idea that he might be of use to her he was pleased that he had come and was there in his mind's eye he again beheld her at his bedside at the time when he had so narrowly escaped death nursing him with fraternal hands 
with the smiling compassionate grace of a sexless angel in whom there was something more than a comrade something of a woman left however the thought never occurred to him that there was religion belief behind her oh i will help you as much as you like sister he replied i belong to you i shall be so happy to serve you you know very well what a debt of gratitude i have to pay you in a pretty way she raised her finger to her lips so as to silence him nobody owed her anything she was merely the servant of the ailing and the poor at this moment a first patient was making her entry into the saint honorine ward it was marie lying in her wooden box which pierre with gerard's assistance had just brought upstairs the last to start from the railway station she had secured admission before the others thanks to the endless complications which after keeping them all in suspense now freed them according to the chance distribution of the admission cards monsieur de guersin had quitted his daughter at the hospital door by her own desire for fearing that the hotels would be very full she had wished him to secure two rooms for himself and pierre at once then on reaching the ward she felt so weary that after venting her chagrin at not being immediately taken to the grotto she consented to be laid on a bed for a short time come my child repeated madame de jonquiere you have three hours before you we will put you to bed it will ease you to take you out of that case thereupon the lady superintendent raised her by the shoulders whilst sister hyacinthe held her feet the bed was in the central part of the ward near a window for a moment the poor girl remained on it with her eyes closed as though exhausted by being moved about so much then it became necessary that pierre should be readmitted for she grew very fidgety saying that there were things which she must explain to him pray don't go away my friend she exclaimed when he approached her take the case out onto the landing but stay there because i want to be taken down as soon as i can get permission do you feel more comfortable now asked the young priest yes no doubt but i really don't know i so much want to be taken yonder to the blessed virgin's feet however when pierre had removed the case the successive arrivals of the other patients supplied her with some little diversion madame vetu whom two bearers had brought upstairs holding her under the arms was laid fully dressed on the next bed where she remained motionless scarcely breathing with her heavy yellow cancerous mask none of the patients it should be mentioned were divested of their clothes they were simply stretched out on the beds and advised to go to sleep if they could manage to do so those whose complaints were less grievous contented themselves with sitting down on their mattresses chatting together and putting the things they had brought with them in order for instance elise rouquet who was also near marie on the other side of the latter's bed opened her basket to take a clean fichu out of it and seemed sorely annoyed at having no hand-glass with her in less than ten minutes all the beds were occupied so that when la grivotte appeared half carried by sister hyacinthe and sister claire des anges it became necessary to place some mattresses on the floor here here is one exclaimed madame des agneaux she will be very well here out of the draught from the door seven other mattresses were soon added in a line occupying the space between the rows of beds so that it became difficult to move about one had to be very careful and follow narrow pathways which had been left between the beds and the mattresses each of the patients had retained possession of her parcel or box or bag and round about the improvised shakedowns were piles of poor old things sorry remnants of garments straying among the sheets and the coverlets you might have thought yourself in some woeful ambulance hastily organized after some great catastrophe some conflagration or earthquake which had thrown hundreds of wounded and penniless beings into the streets madame de jonquiere made her way from one to the other end of the ward ever and ever repeating 
come my children don't excite yourselves try to sleep a little however she did not succeed in calming them and indeed she herself like the other lady hospitalers under her orders increased the general fever by her own bewilderment the linen of several patients had to be changed and there were other needs to be attended to one woman suffering from an ulcer in the leg began moaning so dreadfully that madame desagneaux undertook to dress her sore afresh but she was not skilful and despite all her passionate courage she almost fainted so greatly was she distressed by the unbearable odour those patients who were in better health asked for broth bowls full of which began to circulate amidst the calls the answers and the contradictory orders which nobody executed and meanwhile let loose amidst this frightful scramble little sophie couteau who remained with the sisters and was very gay imagined that it was playtime and ran and jumped and hopped in turn called and petted first by one and then by another dear as she was to all alike for the miraculous hope which she brought them however amidst this agitation the hours went by seven o'clock had just struck when abbe juden came in he was the chaplain of the saint honorine ward and only the difficulty of finding an unoccupied altar at which he might say his mass had delayed his arrival as soon as he appeared a cry of impatience arose from every bed oh monsieur le cure let us start let us start at once an ardent desire which each passing minute heightened and irritated was upboying them like a more and more devouring thirst which only the waters of the miraculous fountain could appease and more fervently than any of the others la grivotte sitting up on her mattress and joining her hands begged and begged that she might be taken to the grotto was there not a beginning of the miracle in this in this awakening of her will-power this feverish desire for cure which enabled her to set herself erect inert and fainting on her arrival she was now seated turning her dark glances in all directions waiting and watching for the happy moment when she would be removed and colour was also returning to her livid face she was already resuscitating oh monsieur le cure pray do tell them to take me i feel that i shall be cured she exclaimed with a loving fatherly smile on his good-natured face abbe juden listened to them all and allayed their impatience with kind words they would soon set out but they must be reasonable and allow sufficient time for things to be organized and besides the blessed virgin did not like to have violence done her she bided her time and distributed her divine favours among those who behaved themselves the best as he paused before marie's bed and beheld her stammering entreaties with joined hands he again paused and you too my daughter you are in a hurry he said be easy there is grace enough in heaven for you all i am dying of love father she murmured in reply my heart is so swollen with prayers it stifles me he was greatly touched by the passion of this poor emaciated child so harshly stricken in her youth and beauty and wishing to appease her he called her attention to madame vetu who did not move though with her eyes wide open she stared at all who passed look at madame how quiet she is he said she is meditating and she does right to place herself in god's hands like a little child however in a scarcely audible voice a mere breath madame vetu stammered oh i am suffering i am suffering at last at a quarter to eight o'clock madame de jonquiere warned her charges that they would do well to prepare themselves she herself assisted by sister hyacinthe and madame des agneaux buttoned several dresses and put shoes on impotent feet it was a real toilette for they all desired to appear to the greatest advantage before the blessed virgin a large number had sufficient sense of delicacy to wash their hands others unpacked their parcels 
and put on clean linen on her side elise rouquet had ended by discovering a little pocket-glass in the hands of a woman near her a huge dropsical creature who was very coquettish and having borrowed it she leant it against the bolster and then with infinite care began to fasten her fichu as elegantly as possible about her head in order to hide her distorted features meanwhile erect in front of her little sophie watched her with an air of profound interest it was abbe Juden who gave the signal for starting on the journey to the grotto he wished he said to accompany his dear suffering daughters thither whilst the lady hospitallers and the sisters remained in the ward so as to put things in some little order again then the ward was at once emptied the patients being carried downstairs amidst renewed tumult and pierre having replaced marie's box upon its wheels took the first place in the cortege which was formed of a score of little hand-carts bath-chairs and litters the other wards however were also emptying the courtyard became crowded and the defile was organized in haphazard fashion there was soon an interminable train descending the rather steep slope of the avenue de la grotte so that pierre was already reaching the plateau de la merlasse when the last stretches were barely leaving the precincts of the hospital it was eight o'clock and the sun already high a triumphant august sun was flaming in the great sky which was beautifully clear it seemed as if the blue of the atmosphere cleansed by the storm of the previous night were quite new fresh with youth and the frightful defile a perfect cour des miracles of human woe rolled along the sloping pavement amid all the brilliancy of that radiant morning there was no end to the train of abominations it appeared to grow longer and longer no order was observed ailments of all kinds were jumbled together it seemed like the clearing of some inferno where the most monstrous maladies the rare and awful cases which provoke a shudder had been gathered together eczema roseola elephantiasis presented a long array of doleful victims well-nigh vanished diseases reappeared one old woman was affected with leprosy another was covered with impetigenous lichen like a tree which has rotted in the shade then came the dropsical ones inflated like wine-skins and beside some stretches dangled hands twisted by rheumatism while from others protruded feet swollen by edema beyond all recognition looking in fact like bags stuffed full of rags one woman suffering from hydrocephalus sat in a little cart the dolorous motions of her head bespeaking her grievous malady a tall girl afflicted with korea st vitus dance was dancing with every limb without a pause the left side of her face being continually distorted by sudden convulsive grimaces a younger one who followed gave vent to a bark a kind of plaintive animal cry each time that the tic douloureux which was torturing her twisted her mouth and her right cheek which she seemed to throw forward next came the consumptives trembling with fever exhausted by dysentery wasted to skeletons with livid skins recalling the colour of that earth in which they would soon be laid to rest and there was one among them who was quite white with flaming eyes who looked indeed like a death's head in which a torch had been lighted then every deformity of the contractions followed in succession twisted trunks twisted arms necks askew all the distortions of poor creatures whom nature had warped and broken and among these was one whose right hand was thrust back behind her ribs whilst her head fell to the left resting fixedly upon her shoulder afterwards came some poor rachitic girls displaying waxen complexions and slender necks eaten away by sores and yellow-faced women in the painful stupor which falls on those whose bosoms are devoured by cancers whilst others lying down with their mournful eyes gazing heavenwards seemed to be listening to the throbs of the tumours which obstructed their organs and still more and more went by there was always something more frightful to come 
this woman following that other one increased the general shudder of horror from the neck of a girl of twenty who had a crushed flattened head like a toad's there hung so huge a goitre that it fell even to her waist like the bib of an apron a blind woman walked along her head erect her face pale like marble displaying the acute inflammation of her poor ulcerated eyes an aged woman stricken with imbecility afflicted with dreadful facial disfigurements laughed aloud with a terrifying laugh and all at once an epileptic was seized with convulsions and began foaming on her stretcher without however causing any stoppage of the procession which never slackened its march lashed onward as it were by the blizzard of feverish passion which impelled it towards the grotto the bearers the priests and the ailing ones themselves had just intonated a canticle the song of bernadette and all rolled along amid the besetting aves so that the little carts the litters and the pedestrians descended the sloping road like a swollen and overflowing torrent of roaring water at the corner of the rue saint joseph near the plateau de la merlasse a family of excursionists who had come from cotteret aux bannieres stood at the edge of the footway overcome with profound astonishment these people were evidently well-to-do bourgeois the father and the mother very correct in appearance and demeanour while their two big girls attired in light-coloured dresses had the smiling faces of happy creatures who were amusing themselves but their first feeling of surprise was soon followed by terror a growing terror as if they here beheld the opening of some pest-house of ancient times some hospital of the legendary ages evacuated after a great epidemic the two girls at last became quite pale while the father and the mother felt icy cold in presence of that endless defile of so many horrors the pestilential emanations of which were blown full in their faces oh god to think that such hideousness such filth such suffering should exist was it possible under that magnificently radiant sun under those broad heavens so full of light and joy whither the freshness of the garves waters ascended and the breeze of morning wafted the pure perfumes of the mountains when pierre at the head of the cortege reached the plateau de la merlasse he found himself immersed in that clear sunlight that fresh and balmy air he turned round and smiled affectionately at marie and as they came out on the place du Roselle in the morning splendour they were both enchanted with the lovely panorama which spread around them in front on the east was old lourdes lying in a broad fold of the ground beyond a rock the sun was rising behind the distant mountains and its oblique rays clearly outlined the dark lilac mass of that solitary rock which was crowned by the tower and crumbling walls of the ancient castle once the redoubtable key of the seven valleys through the dancing golden dust you discerned little of the ruined pile except some stately outlines some huge blocks of building which looked as though reared by cyclopean hands and beyond the rock you but vaguely distinguished the discoloured intermingled house-roofs of the old town nearer in than the castle however the new town the rich and noisy city which had sprung up in a few years as though by miracle spread out on either hand displaying its hotels its stylish shops its lodging-houses all with snow-white fronts smiling amidst patches of greenery then there was the gave flowing along at the base of the rock rolling clamorous clear waters now blue and now green now deep as they passed under the old bridge and now leaping as they careered under the new one which the fathers of the immaculate conception had built in order to connect the grotto with the railway station and the recently opened boulevard and as a background to this delightful picture this fresh water this greenery this gay scattered rejuvenated town 
the little and the big gerres arose two huge ridges of bare rock and low herbage which in the projected shade that bathed them assumed delicate tints of pale mauve and green fading softly into pink then upon the north on the right bank of the gave beyond the hills followed by the railway line the heights of le buala ascended their wooded slopes radiant in the morning light on that side lay bartres more to the left arose the serre de julot dominated by the miramont other crests far off faded away into the ether and in the foreground rising in tiers among the grassy valleys beyond the gave a number of convents which seemed to have sprung up in this region of prodigies like early vegetation imparted some measure of life to the landscape first there was an orphan asylum founded by the sisters of nevers whose vast buildings shone brightly in the sunlight next came the carmelite convent on the highway to pau just in front of the grotto and then that of the assumptionists higher up skirting the road to puy ferret whilst the dominicans showed but a corner of their roofs sequestered in the faraway solitude and at last appeared the establishment of the sisters of the immaculate conception those who were called the blue sisters and who had founded at the far end of the valley a home where they received well-to-do lady pilgrims desirous of solitude as boarders at that early hour all the bells of these convents were pealing joyfully in the crystalline atmosphere whilst the bells of other convents on the other the southern horizon answered them with the same silvery strains of joy the bell of the nunnery of saint clarissa near the old bridge rang a scale of gay clear notes which one might have fancied to be the chirruping of a bird and on this side of the town also there were valleys that dipped down between the ridges and mountains that upreared their bare sides a commingling of smiling and of agitated nature an endless surging of heights amongst which you noticed those of Vizin, whose slopes the sunlight tinged ornately with soft blue and carmine of a rippling moiré-like effect however when marie and pierre turned their eyes to the west they were quite dazzled the sun rays were here streaming on the large and the little bayou with their cupolas of unequal height and on this side the background was one of gold and purple a dazzling mountain on whose sides one could only discern the road which snaked between the trees on its way to the calvary above and here too against the sunlit background radiant like an aureola stood out the three superposed churches which at the voice of bernadette had sprung from the rock to the glory of the blessed virgin first of all down below came the church of the rosary squat circular and half cut out of the rock at the further end of an esplanade on either side of which like two huge arms were colossal gradient ways ascending gently to the crypt church vast labour had been expended here a quarry full of stones had been cut and set in positions there were arches as lofty as naves supporting the gigantic terraced avenues which had been constructed so as to allow the processions to roll along in all their pomp and the little conveyances containing sick children to ascend without hindrance to the divine presence then came the crypt the subterranean church within the rock with only its low door visible above the church of the rosary whose paved roof with its vast promenade formed a continuation of the terraced inclines and at last from the summit sprang the basilica somewhat slender and frail recalling some finely chased jewel of the renaissance and looking very new and very white like a prayer a spotless dove soaring aloft from the rocks of Massabielle. the spire which appeared the more delicate and slight when compared with the gigantic inclines below seemed like the little vertical flame of a taper set in the midst of the vast landscape those endless waves of valleys and mountains 
by the side too of the dense greenery of the calvary hill it looked fragile and candid like childish faith and on sight of it you instinctively thought of the little white arm the little thin hand of the puny girl who had here pointed to heaven in the crisis of her human sufferings you could not see the grotto the entrance of which was on the left at the base of the rock beyond the basilica the only buildings which caught the eye were the heavy square pile where the fathers of the immaculate conception had their abode and the episcopal palace standing much further away in a spreading wooded valley and the three churches were flaming in the morning glow and the rain of gold scattered by the sun rays was sweeping the whole countryside whilst the flying peals of the bells seemed to be the very vibration of the light the musical awakening of the lovely day that was now beginning whilst crossing the place du rosaire pierre and marie glanced at the esplanade the public walk with its long central lawn skirted by broad parallel paths and extending as far as the new bridge here with face turned towards the basilica was the great crowned statue of the virgin all the sufferers crossed themselves as they went by and still passionately chanting its canticle the fearful cortege rolled on through nature in festive array under the dazzling sky past the mountains of gold and purple amidst the centenarian trees symbolical of health the running waters whose freshness was eternal that cortege still and ever marched on with its sufferers whom nature if not god had condemned those who were afflicted with skin diseases those whose flesh was eaten away those who were dropsical and inflated like wine-skins and those whom rheumatism and paralysis had twisted into postures of agony and the victims of hydrocephalus followed with the dancers of st vitus the consumptives the rickety the epileptics the cancerous the goitrous the blind the mad and the idiotic ave 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 maria they sang and the stubborn plaint acquired increased volume as nearer and nearer to the grotto it bore that abominable torrent of human wretchedness and pain amidst all the fright and horror of the passers-by who stopped short unable to stir their hearts frozen as this nightmare swept before their eyes pierre and marie were the first to pass under the lofty arcade of one of the terraced inclines and then as they followed the quay of the gave they all at once came upon the grotto and marie whom pierre wheeled as near to the railing as possible was only able to raise herself in her little conveyance and murmur o most blessed virgin virgin most loved she had seen neither the entrances to the piscinas nor the twelve-piped fountain which she had just passed nor did she distinguish any better the shop on her left hand where crucifixes chaplets statuettes pictures and other religious articles were sold or the stone pulpit on her right which father marcias already occupied her eyes were dazzled by the splendour of the grotto it seemed to her as if a hundred thousand tapers were burning there behind the railing filling the low entrance with the glow of a furnace and illuminating as with star rays the statue of the virgin which stood higher up at the edge of a narrow ogive-like cavity and for her apart from that glorious apparition nothing existed there neither the crutches with which a part of the vault had been covered nor the piles of bouquets fading away amidst the ivy and the eglantine nor even the altar placed in the centre near a little portable organ over which a cover had been thrown however as she raised her eyes above the rock she once more beheld the slender white basilica profiled against the sky its slight tapering spire soaring into the azure of the infinite like a prayer o virgin most powerful queen of the virgins holy virgin of virgins pierre had now succeeded in wheeling marie's box to the front rank 
beyond the numerous oak benches which were set out here in the open air as in the nave of a church nearly all these benches were already occupied by those sufferers who could sit down while the vacant spaces were soon filled with litters and little vehicles whose wheels became entangled together and on whose close-packed mattresses and pillows all sorts of diseases were gathered pell-mell immediately on arriving the young priest had recognized the vignerons seated with their sorry child gustave in the middle of a bench and now on the flagstones he caught sight of the lace-trimmed bed of madame dieu la fay beside whom her husband and sister knelt in prayer moreover all the patients of madame de jonquiere's carriage took up position here monsieur sabatier and brother isidore side by side madame vetu reclining hopelessly in a conveyance elise rouquet seated la grivotte excited and raising herself on her clenched hands pierre also again perceived madame maz standing somewhat apart from the others and humbling herself in prayer whilst madame vincent who had fallen on her knees still holding her little rose in her arms presented the child to the virgin with ardent entreaty the distracted gesture of a mother soliciting compassion from the mother of divine grace and around this reserved space was the ever-growing throng of pilgrims the pressing jostling mob which gradually stretched to the parapet overlooking the gave o virgin most merciful continued marie in an undertone virgin most faithful virgin conceived without sin then almost fainting she spoke no more but with her lips still moving as though in silent prayer gazed distractedly at pierre he thought that she wished to speak to him and leant forward shall i remain here at your disposal to take you to the piscina by and by he asked but as soon as she understood him she shook her head and then in a feverish way she said no no i don't want to be bathed this morning it seems to me that one must be truly worthy truly pure truly holy before seeking the miracle i want to spend the whole morning in imploring it with joined hands i want to pray to pray with all my strength and all my soul she was stifling and paused then she added don't come to take me back to the hospital till eleven o'clock i will not let them take me from here till then however pierre did not go away but remained near her for a moment he even fell upon his knees he also would have liked to pray with the same burning faith to beg of god the cure of that poor sick child whom he loved with such fraternal affection but since he had reached the grotto he had felt a singular sensation invading him a covert revolt as it were which hampered the pious flight of his prayer he wished to believe he had spent the whole night hoping that belief would once more blossom in his soul like some lovely flower of ignorance and candour as soon as he should have knelt upon the soil of that land of miracle and yet he only experienced discomfort and anxiety in presence of the theatrical scene before him that pale stiff statue in the false light of the tapers with the chaplet shop full of jostling customers on the one hand and the large stone pulpit whence a father of the assumption was shouting aves on the other had his soul become utterly withered then could no divine dew again impregnate it with innocence render it like the souls of little children who at the slightest caressing touch of the sacred legend give themselves to it entirely then while his thoughts were still wandering he recognized father Macias in the ecclesiastic who occupied the pulpit he had formerly known him and was quite stirred by his sombre ardour by the sight of his thin face and sparkling eyes by the eloquence which poured from his large mouth as he offered violence to heaven to compel it to descend upon earth and whilst he thus examined father Macias, astonished at feeling himself so unlike the preacher he caught sight of father fourcade 
who at the foot of the pulpit was deep in conference with baron suir the latter seemed much perplexed by something which father fourcade said to him however he ended by approving it with a complacent nod then as abbe juden was also standing there father fourcade likewise spoke to him for a moment and a scared expression came over the abbe's broad fatherly face while he listened nevertheless like the baron he at last bowed assent then all at once father fourcade appeared in the pulpit erect drawing up his lofty figure which his attack of gout had slightly bent and he had not wished that father Macias, his well-loved brother whom he preferred above all others should altogether go down the narrow stairway for he had kept him upon one of the steps and was leaning on his shoulder and in a full grave voice with an air of sovereign authority which caused perfect silence to reign around he spoke as follows my dear brethren my dear sisters i ask your forgiveness for interrupting your prayers but i have a communication to make to you and i have to ask the help of all your faithful souls we had a very sad accident to deplore this morning one of our brethren died in one of the trains by which you came to lourdes died just as he was about to set foot in the promised land a brief pause followed and father fourcade seemed to become yet taller his handsome face beaming with fervour amidst his long streaming royal beard well my dear brethren my dear sisters he resumed in spite of everything the idea has come to me that we ought not to despair who knows if god almighty did not will that death in order that he might prove his omnipotence to the world it is as though a voice were speaking to me urging me to ascend this pulpit and ask your prayers for this man this man who is no more but whose life is nevertheless in the hands of the most blessed virgin who can still implore her divine son in his favour yes the man is here i have caused his body to be brought hither and it depends on you perhaps whether a brilliant miracle shall dazzle the universe if you pray with sufficient ardour to touch the compassion of heaven we will plunge the man's body into the piscina and we will entreat the lord the master of the world to resuscitate him to give unto us this extraordinary sign of his sovereign beneficence an icy thrill wafted from the invisible passed through the listeners they had all become pale and though the lips of none of them had opened it seemed as if a murmur spread through their ranks amidst a shudder but with what ardour must we not pray violently resumed father fourcade exalted by genuine faith it is your souls your whole souls that i ask of you my dear brothers my dear sisters it is a prayer in which you must put your hearts your blood your very life with whatever may be most noble and loving in it pray with all your strength pray till you no longer know who you are or where you are pray as one loves pray as one dies for that which we are about to ask is so precious so rare so astounding a grace that only the energy of our worship can induce god to answer us and in order that our prayers may be the more efficacious in order that they may have time to spread and ascend to the feet of the eternal father we will not lower the body into the piscina until four o'clock this afternoon and now my dear brethren now my dear sisters pray pray to the most blessed virgin the queen of the angels the comforter of the afflicted then he himself distracted by emotion resumed the recital of the rosary whilst near him father Macias burst into sobs and thereupon the great anxious silence was broken contagion seized upon the throng it was transported and gave vent to shouts tears and confused stammered entreaties it was as though a breath of delirium were sweeping by reducing men's wills to naught and turning all these beings into one being exasperated with love and seized with a mad desire for the impossible prodigy 
and for a moment pierre had thought that the ground was giving way beneath him that he was about to fall and faint but with difficulty he managed to rise from his knees and slowly walked away end of section seven